The best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. Truthfulness is what will take you the long way and finding ways to find your own honesty, to be radically honest to yourself is the key on how you can get success. So the idea is that hold your attention on an object that touches your heart. Now what is focus? The object of focus must inspire passion in you. Otherwise concentration becomes like a concentration camp within yourself, it becomes suffering. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk wellness with Anjan. On today's edition, I wanted to talk about ancient principles from yoga that you can use in your work and business. But before that, let me get into what what is yoga really? Yoga is not just postures and stretching and bending backwards. We call that sports yoga. It's an articulated science on how you can live your life and even how you can function with other people, whether it's in your personal relationships or in business or in work. Yoga is filled with principles and concepts and ideologies on how you can desire skillfully to get abundance of everything that you want. It's got practical, deployable tips and ideas. Now, post the pandemic or during the pandemic, more and more people are realizing that their job titles, their money and their status is not enough. Materialistic success is slowly reducing its importance in people's idea of what success means. And especially if that success comes at the cost of well-being. And this is when yoga plays a major part. Now, it's an absolute understatement to say that the past two years of the pandemic have changed our relationship with life and work and what we wish from both. You know, our needs and desires of what we want from our workplace and from our life has completely changed. And you can call this an existential crisis, a kind of alternative quest for meaning and purpose and what success means. And this is now being felt more than ever. I'm sure you'll agree with me. The pandemic has definitely left an indelible mark and it's compelled many of us to take stock of our lives. And it's given us the space to actually visualize a different set of variables, some of them paradigm shifting. Now, life-threatening circumstances sometimes always make us think of how we're living our lives and go deep within and see whether we're satisfied or not. Some of us have even experienced death of a loved one or a family member, and this has confronted us to reimagine and reevaluate our purpose and our relationships and our self-worth. As we continue to seek refuge from COVID, 
and the pandemic, which is disrupting the workplace in ways we had not anticipated. I mean, who would have thought that you would have only had online meetings and you could do remote working as part of your regular work week? But more importantly than that, I think people are asking questions like, why do I do what I do? Am I really happy at my work? Is this what I really want? Is this my purpose? Is this fulfilling me? Are you also like that? If you are, leave us a message, leave us a comment. Now, you must have heard of this thing coined by Anthony Klotz called the Great Resignation. Anthony Klotz is an associate professor of management at the Texas A&M University, and he's coined this term Great Resignation. This is basically the mass resignation or the mass exodus of people and employees quitting their jobs and resigning in search for more fulfilling options. Of course, it's a workplace term, but this great resignation has deeper implications. Historically, as an employee, you know, you would tolerate almost anything from your manager. Sometimes employees would even struggle through illness and time away from their families, not having time for things they love, like their hobbies or their passions, and burnout. And they would struggle to all of this simply to earn a living. But things have changed. Doing the work of three other people who were let go or laid off, and also being made to do multiple tasks which are below pay grades, while taking care of their health, of course people are going to resign. And so I'm not surprised with this great resignation trend that's happening. As you're listening to this, you might also be reevaluating what you're doing now. Is it bringing you joy or not? You might be reevaluating and having a shift of ideas of what success means to you. You might be reimagining your purpose and reevaluating how you're spending your life, a parallel quest for meaning and for purpose. At the heart of this massive shift, of course, is something I'd like to call the consciousness revolution. It's kind of like a great awakening, right? People are redefining life and success. And more and more of you are realizing that your job titles and the money and the status and all the materialistic possessions that you have is not enough, especially if it comes at the cost of your well-being. I've observed this with my students. And I've observed that people are placing a higher premium on their mental, emotional, physical, energetic, and spiritual health. And that's why we created this show, Talk Wellness. Now, a paycheck could have been an incentive a few years ago for you to remain employed. But today, that's no longer incentive enough. I think what the pandemic has done is created a real longing for meaningful connections, meaningful experiences, as well as work opportunities that can create real tangible impact and that can fulfill the heart's desire and have something we call happiness or you know, mental well-being. Now, there is a great Indian sage. His name is Patanjali. He wrote a beautiful book. Uh, it's his book of yogic aphorisms called Yoga Sutras. And he's coined many philosophies in it. Most of this have been translated from ancient Indian texts. This is pre and medieval era. And this book is a splendid compilation for management of the self in general and management of emotions in particular. And it also has many philosophies for you to manage your relationships, especially work relationships. Now, these universal aphorisms given by the sage Patanjali, they're a brilliant source of wisdom and illumination, especially at work and business. And you can use this. I often use these during my coaching sessions with managers and top executives to help make their management style more effective, more kinder, more loving, creating meaningful connections and creating impact. Patanjali's teachings can even be useful 
in managing your own emotions and also emotions of your employees and thereby expectations in large organizations now what i'm going to share today are 5000 year old concepts that you can apply in your work in your business and even life but i want to start with reminding you that though the book is called yoga sutras this is not about stretching or bending or flexibility or wearing the hottest designer label pants and having a really cool mat these are concepts and ideologies on how to get what you really want and how to live a life that is fulfilled that is satisfied and how to always be exuberant and that's what this book is about The first concept I want to explore today is a concept called ahimsa. You must have heard of this, especially if you're from the Indian subcontinent. Mahatma Gandhi practiced ahimsa, and this is a popular guideline actually. Anybody who has been exposed to the yogic ideologies knows this word ahimsa. Ahimsa means violence, so ahimsa could be commonly translated as non-violence. Now the sage Patanjali highlights that this non-violence it's not just the absence of causing harm but also doing everything actively to foster harmony. It's time now to ask yourself, how can you do the least harm in your work or your business? How can you be actively contributing to make your office, your environment, your colleagues' life and eventually the world a better place through your work? It's time to evaluate your behavior and your habits, especially the ones that are damaging. Now this could also include habits like delay laziness procrastination lack of communication uh, a dearth of clarity and to embody ahimsa in your work you have to be totally inclusive totally anti-racist anti-transphobic anti-classist anti-sexist etc as a manager i think it's important for you to understand what your team and your employees really want introduce benefits that are relevant to them this means perhaps you could offer more time off um, expand their family care support and maybe even hold regular wellness programs that can extend beyond more than just complimentary gym sessions and complimentary yoga studio memberships and it's your job as a manager to make sure that everyone in your team is appreciated and paid a fair pay is your job to ensure their mental wellness and their well-being and also make sure that you stand up for what's right this is ahimsa too particularly when someone at your work or your business community or your extended office circles does something you feel is immoral even if no one else agrees with you standing up for that and the fearlessness to do the right thing that is ahimsa in your work I hope these concepts are helping you. These are 5000 year old concepts that you can apply in your work, business and even life. Talk wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk wellness with Anjan. The next concept I want to talk about is something called Dhirga Kala. Now Dhirghakala is one of the first advice that Sage Patanjali offers in his book The Yoga Sutras. Dhirghakala could roughly translate to long periods. So these are some attributes through which you learn that something you can stand for should be stood for for a length or for a duration in the sense you should have endurance or the perseverance to kind of keep pursuing it. This means that knowing that whatever you're undertaking cannot be achieved overnight like this year Rome wasn't built in a day right and that you have to commit 
over time to get long-term results that you're going to be happy with. Whenever you start anything new, whether a job or a new relationship, a course maybe, or a hobby, or a new habit like going to the gym or eating healthy, Sage Patanjali counsels you to know that there is going to be some effort involved. And you must intentionally create this groundwork that you can build on. So if you're starting a business, for example, or if you're getting into a relationship, or just say you're learning to play the guitar, whatever you're starting, you have to approach it with this mindset, this attitude of long term. And only then you will experience the delight in this activity. Because remember that the journey is more important than the destination. And then you'll create a really solid foundation on which you can build your future. Now, when it comes to business or when it comes to enterprise, if you're a manager, it's your job to build developmental opportunities for your staff. It's important to reward and recognize the staff that are performing to encourage them, all the while helping to foster stronger career trajectories. So this kind of actions that are positive and fair and honorable and done with a, a attitude of confidence and devotion and enthusiasm says Patanjali that if you do this, anything that you want will firmly root in. And the roots, as you know, are most important for the tree to flower and give you fruits. Now, only once you become firmly grounded or firmly established in you that you really want this, and you attend to it for a long time without interruption and with devotion will you actually see the results. So this long, uninterrupted, alert, conscious practice is the firm foundation for restraining the fluctuations of the mind is what the Yoga Sutra says. But it's only when this current practice is followed for a long time and without interruptions and with this quality of positive attitude and eagerness that it can succeed. So three main points from here. One, attend to it for a long time. Two, without interruption. And three, with devotion. Now, for me, these three tips are profound. And if you've been following people who have gained success in their businesses, you'll know they'll always say consistency is the key. And they will say fall down seven times, get up eight times. They'll say perseverance is the way, is the secret. And the feeling which they bring to the table, that is what we're talking about. Not giving up is this feeling. And this is what made them who they are. Not listening to their laziness or not giving in to their lethargy. Showing up when it was the most difficult to do. And doing this for long periods of time. That's how they tasted success. The great sage Patanjali says that these trio of attributes, when incorporated into your work, can help you achieve anything you want. Now, this is also called the 10,000-hour rule, right? It's called the drip-drip practice. And th these are in alignment with what sage Patanjali said. Now, Mihaly, who is a great scientist, he's done extensive research on the concept of the flow state. Um, this is what he speaks about in his concept of the flow state. He says, the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. This is Mihaly. Um, he's one of the pioneers of the scientific study of happiness. This means that if we are one-pointed and devoted to something in our lives, there is a possibility of experiencing more happiness in our lives. And he also says that Hatha Yoga in particular is one of the best models to describe what happens when this kind of energy is flowing through a single channel of consciousness, you know. So yoga, meditation and breathing exercises are not just for health lovers. It's also for you if you want to upgrade in your focus and your productivity. 
I want to take a moment to mention Malcolm Gladwell. Now he spoke about the 10,000 hour rule. Anything you want to achieve, and especially if you want to achieve excellence, he says you need to practice or apprentice it for at least 10,000 hours before you get good. This is what Sage Patanjali abstractly and maybe even more beautifully says that you need to have practiced it in continuity with non-interruption. This is such a beautiful combination of words falling perfectly, merging with each other, right? So there's no overnight success. Respect and honor your work. It's a 100x refined version of love what you do or do what you love, right? Respect and honor your work like almost being devoted and love it so much that it's a firm value and that you enjoy that journey it need not be too long a time but sufficiently long without a gap and what we usually do is that we learn something and leave it to after some time and then we start again we have these gaps so if you're a little lazy and we do not do it then the connection is broken and then it does not happen you do not get success so without a gap is critical and constant practice is essential now seth godin also spoke about his drip 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 practice he you know seth godin right the numero uno marketeer who talks about working without a gap and he said that a lucky secret he discovered is that you can outlast the others if you just try just stick at the stuff that bores them drip 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 and you win this just means that showing up every single day gaining in strength learning new skills organizing for the long haul building connections laying the tracks building the roots this subtle but difficult work is how you can change and how even culture changes so combine these modern theories of flow the 10000 hour rule and the drip 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 practice they sum up as one small verse in the entire patanjali's yoga sutras This is a guiding light for you. If you want to become a better singer, show up every day without a break, without interruption, practice. You want to gain 10,000 followers on Instagram? Attend to it. Learn the game, play it well. Attend to it for a long time without interruption, without gaps and with devotion. You want to do better at your workplace? Show up there with your full heart. Make sure it's something you're doing something you love and show up there with your full heart and then trust me, you will develop you will find satisfaction and you will find success talk wellness with anjan this episode of talk wellness is powered by the reconnect heartfulness initiative be a part of the mental strength movement visit reconnectheartfulness.com talk wellness with anjan the next principle i wanted to touch upon is something called satya Now if you're from the Indian subcontinent you know that this means truth or truthfulness and this is what it's frequently translated as here the great sage patanjali asks us to be completely authentic and have radical honesty about who we are what our work is what our skills are and about who we can serve most of the time we have an illusion about all of these elements we don't even know what we want and therefore we can't be radically honest so i would recommend you to go into a soul searching deep introspection onto what actually gives you happiness what is your purpose how can you serve what are your real skills to be realistic with yourself and be honest and truthful with yourself and not think that you might have skills that you actually don't have and if you haven't picked up skills then why haven't you and how can you these are questions that come with deep introspection and your mental health and wellness is all connected to these answers if you can answer these questions as to what gives you joy what gives you purpose what gives you happiness now to incorporate this concept of satya or truthfulness in your work and your business you have to ask yourself truthfully about what you're not being honest about 
Say you're a businessman or you're a salesman. Are you hiding things from your customers or maybe your colleagues? What parts of you are not showing up completely? Are you honest about your credentials on your resume and your experience? Or are you using twisted and scammy tactics in your marketing, for example? So the concept of Satya says always be upfront about when you can help and when you can't. If you can't do something for somebody, don't say you can and then later fail. And if your work or business is not right for that customer's needs, then refer them to someone else, right? Keep your promises. This is what this concept means. Go beyond just showing the graceful always version on social media and sometimes share the unpopular versions too. We all know that as humans, we go through different layers of emotions. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. So you don't have to always be cool on social media, right? So this is what Satya means. Now, if you're a business leader or a manager, what this means is to have conscious, authentic, and honest leadership. And this is essential. If you can be compassionate, and if you're a compassionate leader in a leadership team, you should be able to inspire, motivate, and instill this value of truthfulness. As an executive, you must be properly trained with the right skills to navigate this fast-changing, dynamic workplace post-pandemic, peri-pandemic, and understand that this truthfulness is what will take you the long way. And finding ways to find your own honesty, to be radically honest to yourself, is the key uh, on how you can get success. The next concept I want to touch upon is something called asteya. This roughly translates to non-stealing. And though most of us, I know, are not actively stealing, it's vital to take this principle a little deeper. You can also notice that feelings of dissatisfaction must, might sometimes make you act in unethical ways. So this principle of asteya, it requests us to connect with appreciation, and gratitude and thankfulness and to be avoid being trapped into these feelings of insufficiency and lack and scarcity. Spending time being present with where you are now instead of focusing on what's next, what's next, what's next, because that is an unending journey, right? Consciously deciding to not steal people's time and energy in non-productive ways and implementing a daily gratitude practice, like maybe journaling or just gratitude writing. You can also make it a habit to tell your colleagues and customers and even clients how thankful you are for them. Trust me, when you tell a client or one of your employees how thankful you are for them, they will love you even more and perhaps give you more business or perform better in their office. Now, if you're a manager, remember that purpose, mission, and values, all of them must be aligned with well-being in this fast-shifting environment. And only such alignment can become the cornerstone for real organizational resilience. This is a win-win for everyone, for you, for your employees, for your clients, for your stakeholders, for your customers. And this is how businesses will thrive alongside your employees. And so this principle, asteya, is very, very important. The next concept I want to touch upon is something called aparigraha. This is generally means like non-possessiveness. This might be the most tough one when it comes to application. So the philosophy basically asks you to not grasp too tightly to anything, especially in your work or your business, including your customers, your clients, your business deals, your successes, and especially your business identity. It asks you to be open to evolving at any time. As you know, through the pandemic, so many business concepts and even the way we do meetings and presentations have changed. So all businesses today are moving to become more agile 
And so this notion of aparigraha or non-possessiveness, which means you're able to evolve at any time. You're able to fearlessly make any changes quickly. So as a organization leader, as a manager, remember that an agile organization will always have empowered teams that operate with high standards of alignment and accountability. And this agility will help you to easily move in and out of situations, having rapid iteration skills, and you can make changes really quickly. And yogic principles, they come in when I coach my managers, because science today confirms that the inception of 95% of human beliefs and behavior is at a subconscious level. And generally, people adopt a fixed mindset towards their perceived outcomes in life, and they accept this as part of their internal belief systems. And these are established during formative years. This is what modern day psychology says. So, Rather than to adopt yogic coaching or any kind of coaching as a corrective strategy for any issues that come up. So instead of firefighting, I feel it should be standardized within your office and within corporations as a fundamental tool. So, for example, performance appraisals for managers, right? They focus on quantitative results, but coaching is based on individual internal processes and improved development, which highlight the qualitative and not just the quantitative. So as a manager, I hope you're going to be encouraging wellness practices from physical fitness, accessible nutrition, holistic therapies, and increased mental health awareness and benefits within health insurance. All of this should be your primary focus, especially if you consider yourself a progressive entity looking to develop and maintain a fantastic and superior working environment. Now, if you focus on mental health and wellness in the workplace, this will become essential as a movement for your business, not only to retain your own staff, but also to kind of get new customers and have more business success. It's important to achieve this equilibrium between all the responsibilities and pressures in life, which can cause mental and physical health deterioration, lack of sleep, physical health, mental equity, all of this will increase and this will increase productivity and thus profitability for your enterprise. So you want your employees happy. So as managers, keep this point in mind, aparigraha, right? Remember that businesses committing to an enduring strategy for wellness are the ones that will ultimately have benefits for productivity, for reduced medical spend, for employee development. And also, you know, you will establish yourself as a high-value workplace for individuals who desire not just to survive, but to truly thrive in the workplace. If you're a manager and you're not applying these principles to your own life, then your life will surely be incomplete because your idea of success definitely has changed now with the pandemic. And how can you align with this new paradigm shift, with this new idea of what success really means to you, going beyond the question and having this alternative thinking, going beyond just your materialistic pursuit of your promotion at your job or more money or a new car or a new place and trying to find out the answers to this existential crisis uh, and find this parallel quest for meaning and purpose because it's being felt now more than ever. On that note, I want to offer you a chance to apply these 5,000-year-old principles and if you apply them, they will change the very basis of how you function. 
And my wish for you is that from today onwards, you can stop associating yoga with just bendy people in hypertight designer pants on a mat. And you can recognize yoga as an ancient practice that has valuable and practically applicable concepts with which you can improve your work, your business, and your life. Talk Wellness with Anjan. Today we're talking about the ancient book called Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and how it has actually helped businesses and spiritual entrepreneurship with its ethics and with its different kind of ideologies and concepts in it. And many, many businessmen are actually using these concepts. Remember that Yoga Sutras are not just a philosophy because anybody can publish a book and there's hundreds of interpretations on the Yoga Sutras. But Sutra means thread. Basically, this is a thread between how you can increase the focus of your mind and how you can use this focus to find success. Now, what is focus? Focus is not simply like going to a movie and focusing on the movie or reading a book and focusing on the book. Let's say you read a textbook and the textbook is written for average intelligence. But in spite of that, you read it 10 times and you still don't get it, right? So that's not focus. Let's say you read a love story or a poem or, a, or you watch a suspense thriller and you can read that at like 70 pages an hour and you remember every word of it. So the object of focus must inspire passion in you. Otherwise, concentration becomes like a concentration camp within yourself. It becomes suffering. So the idea in, in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, he says, is that hold your attention on an object that touches your heart. But when we say this, people think they have to worship like some deity or something. No, you don't have to do that. But just have a passion and emotion and exuberance, especially at your workplace and your relationships. I want you to let us know which of these fundamental truths that I shared with you resonates with you the most. I hope you enjoyed this solo cast on the various yogic principles that you can use in work and business. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anjan. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. And I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only. And you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours. Always consult your own doctor, therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes. And we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends, your family, your circles and talk about 
started. That's why we call this series Talk Wellness. We need your support to get the conversation around well-being to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode is episode 18 and it features corporate happiness and conscious leadership coach Rajiv Daswani. And he talks about why humanizing workplaces should be a priority. Thank you once again for your listening and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste. The Talk Wellness Hour with Anjan. I'm really thankful to the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative for being the sponsor of this episode of Talk Wellness. You can be part of the mental strength movement too. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com.